When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No, you could have been a wonder Taking your circus to the sky You couldn't take it on the tightrope No, you had to take it on the side You always like it on the cover down between your dirty sheets But no one's even listening to you Oh, geez, that opening sequence has come a long way since last time I was on this kerfuffle, that's for sure. Welcome along, everyone. You're on the run home. Thanks to McDelivery, delivering your Macca's favourite straight to your door. I'm not Kirsty, I'm Sumo, and Beaver is in position with a big Waikato flag behind him. He's even in his Waikato top. Have you got training or something today, Beef? <laughs> uh, look, I've had training, Sumo, and uh, me getting dressed up uh, in training gear is as much training as I do on the field. Yeah. I actually... You quite enjoyed this. I uh, I had had my segment of training that I needed to do for the boys, a very small part, and uh, the show and go. I thought, the show and goes, and then yeah. obviously I jogged. I jogged into position, and I did see. I think I've tweaked that little calf of mine again uh, by just uh, getting out of a walk at training today. So um, it must be said that uh, it's it's a real reality check for you when you jog yeah. all of thirty metres to get out of the way of training. Yeah to uh, then, then tweak a calf. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I covered your whole career as a commentator, and um, uh, so I've seen how quickly you move as a general rule. But also, I think, <laughs> funnily enough, the fastest I saw you move was this time four years ago when we were both in Japan and you got caught short on a train ride uh, around Tokyo and you needed <laughs> you needed to quickly find a public toilet for a number two. And, uh, boy, I've never seen anyone move faster than that. You were at full throttle. Full throttle. Uh... Look, I mean, uh, it's, it's probably a good reason why the, uh, the stomach wasn't at its best yeah. in uh, Tokyo at times. Oh um, <laughs> it was some trip. And it wasn't always, it wasn't always the raw sushi, that's I, for sure. I tell you what, I'm glad we didn't have the Ramfrilly Shield with us. Um, <laughs> great to hear Kings of Leon introducing the show. Actually, I saw Kings of Leon, their first concert ever in New Zealand, big day out. Boy, they were off their face on drugs. <laughs> well, either yeah, them or I, I was, I can't, can't remember which, but uh, fabulous show. Well, I was going to say, Kings of Leon would be a... Um, one that I'd like to tick off uh, myself, Sumo, mm. but after saying that about ch- chilli peppers and then finally gunner chilli peppers, yep. and everyone on this show knows how disgusted I was with that show yeah. at Mount Smart, um, I don't know if I want to wish, <laughs> I don't think I want to wish for that, um, so I'll just see what comes my way. Yeah, fair. But uh, what else has been happening, Sumo, I, I really appreciate that you've joined my preparation 
as far as uh, the show goes. Uh, I saw that you were going to be late, and I thought, what time did Sumo <laughs> text that? And he, he sent it at 10 to 3. Yeah. And, and here I was, thought I was a bit tardy at 2 to 3, getting well, into position. Well, listen, the thing is, the difference between you and I is I actually did my prep during the day, and I was just running late Correct. on the drive here. You haven't done any mm. prep, and you've turned up two minutes before the show. But look, you've delivered so far. How long have you been doing this for now? Oh, a couple, a couple of seasons now. A couple of seasons, um, exactly. No, well, I was canvassing. I was, I was obviously at training, but I was, I was canvassing everyone's thoughts on the Rugby World Cup who yep. wasn't actually involved in training. So hmm. um, I, thought, I thought, I mean, I stood most of training beside uh, a guy who's a hell of a lot smarter than me when it comes to rugby, Aaron Cruden. Um, right. So I just tried to pick his brain to make me sound more intelligent today on the radio, of course. Do you know, still one of my favourite memories, memories is uh, 2011. You'll remember this match, Palmerston North. And it was A. Cruden and S. Donald lining up, respective teams. And <laughs> Waikato needed a try to win. And I remember it was a scrum about five out. Waikato scrum about five out just to the right of the goalposts. And uh, I remember saying, I don't think I was commentating the game. I think I was reporting on the sideline. And I remember turning to someone on the sideline. Uh, I think it was old famous Sarge down at uh, Palmerston North. I said, uh, mate, if you're Waikato 12 through 15 right now, you may as well head to the sheds. <laughs> there, is only, there is only one play here on Stephen Donald's mind. You got it, though. It was a real roller coaster. Nathan White was captain of the team that year. He was. And, he was. Uh, I was going to say, our relation, mine and Crud's relationships come a long way since uh, <laughs> pretty fierce rivals. It was a hell of a rivalry. Oh my goodness. It was like Danny DeVito and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and twins. Um, cricket World Cup of course starts tonight, Beef, oh. and uh, you love, you love oh. your cricket and uh, look, it's funny enough like I talk about four years ago, what about us eight years ago? Eden Park. Oh I know. Goodness Eden gracious. Park. My neck still hasn't recovered from Tony Woodcock squeezing it. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it was funny enough. Um, I, I don't know if you saw um, the Jav, but he was he was he was he's done like a world ICC world sort of cricket show there. Yeah, had these monu- these monumental games that they've had guys talk them through, and he talked through, of course, the famous one. Yeah, and obviously Jav's recollection of a day is a little bit different to ours. Um, like because he, he talked can? about the. <laughs> <laughs> well, he talked about the rain de- delay and, and what it meant to the game yeah. as far as possibly taking a bit of the sting out of uh, the pro tiers. Mm. Mm. I, I, I think it only added sting to our crew. Um, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah, well, one thing that you do not need is Richard Kahui in a rain delay. That's, <laughs> that, 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 is a, that is a bad combination. That is a bad combination. I think he brought fingers out too in the corporate lounge. And uh, the worst thing about that was Ted was in there. And gave us all the most withering look. And you know, Ted's Ted's bad look is bad. You just it leaves you leaves you dead. I I, I think that um, that lounge has probably never seen behaviour like it mm. in that uh, rain delay. And there's probably about five people responsible for it. But yes, it is uh, my favourite time every four years. The Cricket World Cup. And well, I read an amazing stat the other day, sir. Man, I know you being the cricket connoisseur you are now. Uh, she's been the voice of the game in this country now, I'd have to say. Um, you would know the stat that out of 12 50 over World Cups, mm. we've made eight semi finals. What a, what a stat for a country that's only recently yeah. been able to probably look across the pitch at the big boys and say, we're equal footing. I mean, for a long time. No way, sir. We were battling away with about two world-class cricketers and, and a whole lot of uh, bit-part players. But now, I mean, yeah. great team now. But what a stat. Eight out of 12. There wouldn't be many other nations around the cricketing world that no. would boast that one. 
No, no, look, I agree with you. And, and that's what gives me great hope about this World Cup, given the fact that oh, yeah. Williamson and Saudi are both out for this opening game. But uh, World Cups aren't win on day one, aren't won on day one. Um, you know, I still look around that New Zealand team now, and I know there's been a lot of chat about the golden era coming to an end or this golden generation that is going to come to mm. an end. But, you know, I know the work that goes on behind the scenes and the way they've been able to blood players through A-tours and bring new players in, especially through Bangladesh recently and, and all through the ecosystem. And if you look at a guy like Daryl Mitchell, who's now become so crucial to this New Zealand side uh, in all three formats, uh, funnily enough, uh, cricket is a game that can still spring surprises for guys who have the experience and who have grounded out over a long period of time. And I think that the standard that has been set by this particular generation of New Zealand players is a standard that the next generation coming through is going to want to keep. And I think they're more than capable of doing so. Uh, There's some smart operators in New Zealand cricket and, you know, certainly around the major associations in terms of how they're blooding talent. I I have every expectation that this team uh, can go, you know, just as deep into this tournament as last time, if not one better. Oh, that one better. It is the holy grail of the cricket world left for us. Yeah, you talk about that, this current crop. And yep, I, I, I fell in love with Bracewell early doors uh, <laughs> as far as what he could offer the team. But apart from that injury, now you look at it and you go, where are we weak? And it's, it's, tough, to, it's tough to poke holes in whatever yeah. 11 that they're going to put out. I yeah. mean, it's, it's going to be a wonderful 11. So yes, Sumo, obviously... But what a storyline that would be. Yep, we've failed at the last hurdle a couple of times, and then all of a sudden we decide to win it in India. Oh. Um, that'll be a, that'll be some place <laughs> that would to be, write the book. Right, that, that's <laughs> it. That, at that point, you pull stumps and say we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're done. We are done. Cricketing world. <laughs> yep. Uh, it would be fabulous. Look, tough assignment, massively tough assignment, yep. as we all know. But there's never impossibilities, I don't think, with this New Zealand team, as they've shown time and time again over recent years. Uh, what do you reckon about Razor? Story today, mm. Justin Marshall, talk about throwing his mate under the bus, um, or throwing someone under the bus anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, Justin Marshall speaking to Supersport, I think, on their podcast, South Africa's uh, <laughs> broadcaster, on their podcast saying Scott Robertson is not allowed to go to All Black Games. Quite how Ian Foster thinks he has any jurisdiction <laughs> over Scott Robertson turning up to an All Black Games fan is beyond me. Uh, what an extraordinary story today. <laughs> no one's confirmed it. No one's denied it. Um, If this is true, that is quite possibly the most ridiculous thing I have heard um, for a very long time when it comes to the All Blacks. Yeah, so I I know a few people who, for whatever reason in life, are are banned from like Sky City establishments. (laughs) Um, Do you think that raises the similar to every ground in France that has has sort of when he walks through his yeah, face flashes pops up. up. Yeah. Face flashes up. Yeah. Like oh, I got to admit, I've been through a couple of these um, security checks in France in the last couple of months. I haven't once had to show photo ID. No. Um, so I think I think Razor, I think call the bluff if you think that you could be banned. Um, do you, like, and, do you, do you, like, but honestly, look, I'm not I'm not here to question Justin Marshall's intel. Uh, but do you? No, it's do probably you, accurate. Do you really? <laughs> do you really think this is true that he has been told not to go to All Black Games? Um, look, it might it might now be embellished because I mean, if if everybody was um, singing from the same hymn sheet. 
Sumo, you'd probably say, oh, do you actually want to come and hang out at the hotel for the first couple of weeks just around pool play and mm. just see a few of the characters, how it all works? Obviously, the, the sheets that they're singing from Sumo, me and you both know, they're probably not the same one. No. Um, and, um, and funny enough, I actually bumped into Razor and had a beer with him in La Rochelle um, a, few, a few months ago. And um, no, he didn't, he, he might have told me, but maybe I was too intoxicated <laughs> to know if he was actually, um, <laughs> know if he was actually banned. Every but every is there a chance? But no, it's an extraordinary story. Oh, and man. Uh, old Marshy, um, just <laughs> as you're right, he might have just lobbed a, lobbed a grenade oh, out, didn't he? It's huge. <laughs> Tell you what, hell hath no fury like a former All Black halfback scorn. Um, <laughs> what else have you been doing, Beef? What's uh, look? Um, obviously, you would have uh, had a bit of discussion about the log uh, this week. Um, I, I didn't hear your take on it. Oh, I certainly made mine pretty clear, but. Um, you know, is, is this a story that is going to die down now? My understanding is New Zealand Rugby's pretty much said to everyone, shut up while we investigate, and they're going to go through their process. Uh, the Rugby Players Association have uh, urged the players not to speak about it. Uh, does this all sound familiar? Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it's it's. I mean, I actually read your article. It's actually a, a quite a motive article, and uh, you did right. I mean, the... The historic value and certainly the status it has in a lot of people's eyes is mm. quite phenomenal. And uh, obviously, I grew up dreaming of winning it one day, and for my beloved counties, which ended up doing it for Waikato, which is still one of the great days of my life. And, mm. and, and, and to be honest with you, I'm not going to say that it's any different for the modern the modern player either. And the fact that they don't have fifty thousand watching them do it yeah. is beside the point. I think I know for a fact that being involved still. To some point with the with the NPC now, the shield is still what the boys circle and how are we going to get a challenge sort of yeah. thing. So yeah. it hasn't diminished. Look, my take on it is, I mean, we all know I was pretty young and stupid, and and has have been old and stupid as well in my time. But uh, I mean, until we, you know, obviously there's an investigation. I think they probably often sometimes these investigations are lip service. I think they'll probably go quite hard at this one. Um, because of the news it's attracted, and and see, come what may. However, obviously, at three or four o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning when this unfolded, uh, some people say nothing good can happen at that hour. And unfortunately, nothing good can happen too when you want to start filming it and broadcasting it to the world. I tell, I tell um, you, what, if something good can happen at five in the morning if that's when you're waking up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not Going for morning jog. Not when you haven't gone to bed. <laughs> Not when you haven't no. gone to bed. Um, no. oh, here's my take on it. You know what will happen? Uh, they'll investigate. They'll say, oh, we're going to have a finding in the end of October. Uh, nothing will happen. And uh, we'll all move on. I guarantee you. Who's, who's yeah. going to be thrown under here? Uh, the Rugby Players Association is going to say, no, none of our players deserve to be trashed, so um, they're off limits, and uh, New Zealand Rugby will do what New Zealand Rugby always does, hide behind process, nothing will come of it, hopefully we all forget, and they'll move on. That's my take. I tell you, and probably not far off, the, the thing that would be a bit of reality to the boys, and, and it's very minuscule when you compare it to, you know, obviously, unfortunately, the drink driving thing, and, mm. and obviously the, the splitting of in half, and obviously the innuendo around uh, if that was, in fact, the, uh, the glue that kept it together or something else. Um, it, it was... It is if you're a holder of a shield, having mm. it for the summer, yeah, is a special thing. Oh and no, 
it has been it has been robbed off. You know, obviously, you know the old rule that you know probably eighty percent of them were actually uh, not there or, or had nothing uh, to do with it. That would be gutting for me if I was on the team and, and not being able to have it for summer. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's certainly been an interesting story. I mean, talking of interesting stories, you being a breakfast radio, a uh, breakfast TV host, is an interesting story in itself. Uh, this sort of thing is that is that absolute dream coverage for you, you and, and your show when you're a, a current affair at eight, <laughs> six six a.m. in the morning. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was on breakfast because we were t- we were supposed to just talk about sport from the weekend, and that came up, and you know, and I, I started talking about it, beef, and I I started I felt like I was going to start crying. I never played for the Shield, but my mm. professional broadcasting career has um, has yeah. been in and around the Shield for a very long time, and I have such a deep passion for it. And you know, as as I just read the story, and I started talking with Chris Chang at, at TVNZ Breakfast, and you know, and I felt myself actually getting viscerally mad um, mm. at just the situation because it is so abjectly stupid that someone would be this careless and thoughtless about something that is uh, so sought after and so treasured by so many. Um, you know, and look, and, and as we've continued to investigate this week, and, and we will uh, have a full investigation on onenews.co.nz coming up around some of these events and the timings of some of these events and other things that have unfolded throughout the circus, um, you know, it doesn't go away. You just you end up shaking your head so much and thinking all the warnings, all the cautions, all the messages from management, from captains, from senior leaders, everything and all of it, all of it ignored. And you cannot get yeah. away from that. And people say accidents happen. Yeah, they do. I agree. But everything leading to that accident is intentional. If it was a booze-fueled accident, you intentionally drank too much booze. You don't drink too much booze accidentally, in my experience. So, you know, <laughs> when you've been warned and the message was very clear. Oh, yeah, and you know, course. and the other thing that, you know, about this, you know, of course it was Mad Monday on Monday for six of the teams. So, you know, I know for a fact that New Zealand Rugby had sent a message on Friday to the provinces, just reminding them of their responsibilities and obligations around alcohol, around team celebrations. On Friday, not, not more than 30 hours after that, the Shields cracked in half. I mean, you know, this just blows my mind. And, you know, just finally before we get to our Macca's menu, uh, you know, I, I feel for players like Brad Webber. Tommy Parsons, mm. uh, for the CEO, Jay Campbell, and for many of that management team who are sitting back there now in the Hawke's Bay when they should be celebrating, when they should be sharing that shield with people, and no one's more passionate about the shield than Hawke's Bay folk, uh, I can tell mm. you. Uh, and instead, they're enduring the negativity, uh, the criticism. Every time they're out in the street, every time they're out for a cup of coffee, someone wants to chat to them and tell them how embarrassing it all is. Man, it is a shameful episode. Um, and as much as I am cynical about this investigation and what it might find, um, I certainly hope it does find something and that behaviours change around that in particular. Anyway, the Makers Menu, sporting headlines coming right up. Uh, we'll have a Rugby World Cup update, of course. Uh, Mulls, the voice of basketball, Andrew Mulligan, will be joining us to talk about NBL and NBA. Around the ground, we'll go with our provincial rugby tipping competition. Joshy Kronfeld's in for the Rugby World Cup. Chat a bit later. TAB odds uh, update with you, Beeve. Uh, Ronnie Hedder is going to talk some World Cup cricket. And Reese Robinson, a wider upper head coach, is going to join us as well. That's your Macca's menu for the run home. Macca's McDelivery. Delivering your Macca's favourites straight to your door. The Run Home's Sporting Headlines. Here's what's making news today. 
I didn't realise I was reading the headlines as well. This is going to be on the bill. Uh, right, here's our sports headlines. Uh, FIFA have announced that Morocco, Spain and Portugal will be hosts for the 2030 FIFA World Cup. Additionally, Uruguay, Argentina and Paraguay will host the opening matches to mark the tournament's centenary as Uruguay hosted the inaugural tournament in 1930. It is the first time the World Cup will be staged across three continents and six countries and of course it will feature 120 teams. Kiwi F1 driver Liam Lawson will continue to stand in for AlphaTauri's recovering Australian Daniel Ricciardo for the fifth straight race at this weekend's Qatar Grand Prix. The 21-year-old made his Formula One race debut at the Dutch Grand Prix in August and scored his first points when he finished ninth in Singapore last month. And New Zealand cyclist Shane Archbold is hanging up his helmet after nine years in the pro peloton. Archbold announced he will be retiring after one final race in China next week. The 34-year-old, nicknamed the Flying Mullet, won gold in the scratch race and a bronze medal in the team pursuit at the 2014 Commonwealth Games. What a legend. And that is your headlines. You always like it undercover.